beloveds, and welcome back to The Word is Resistance, the podcast where we're exploring what our Christian sacred texts have to teach us about living, surviving, and even thriving in the context of empire, tyranny, violence, and repression, the times in which we are living today. What do our sacred stories have to teach us as white people about our role in resistance, in showing up, and in liberation? The theme song you heard is a recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's song for the freedom movement, We Are Building Up a New World. This recording is from a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado in December 2014. It was led by Minister Daryl J. Walker. And we are deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use the song for the podcast. I'm Jean Jeffress. I'm back with you during this time of pandemic and global uprisings. I'm grateful for the invitation to contribute my thoughts and words to this body of work. I am a member and a lay leader at First Congregational Church of Oakland, United Church of Christ, and I'm a candidate for ordination in the United Church of Christ. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and currently live in the city of Oakland, which exists on the unceded land of the Ohlone people. This podcast is a project of surge faith and is particularly designed for white people. The idea is that white people will talk to other white people about race and white supremacy. We believe White people, like many of you listening now, and like me, have a responsibility to commit ourselves to resisting white supremacy, to speaking up and showing up and disrupting white supremacy where we find it, including in our own Christian tradition. We'd love to hear from you, and especially from black people and brown people who may be listening, and from listeners of all faith traditions. We welcome your feedback and we pray that this body of work is helping to tear down white supremacy. The word is resistance. The last time I was with you all on the podcast, I talked about how the world was very different from the time before I was with you on the podcast. The time before I was with you was the beginning of Lent, and I had the grand and noble idea that I would give up TV and social media. Well, about a week into that, we here in Oakland, California, were ordered to shelter in place because of the coronavirus. Then the last time I was with you, not the time before, but the last time, I retold the story of a canceled Maundy Thursday, canceled because of pandemic. And if you haven't listened to that episode, please go back now and listen, and then come back and listen to this one. And now here we are, 81 days into staying at home, working from home, churching from home, no seeing friends, including the small children in my life, whom I miss terribly, and I miss their parents too, of course. We are now in some kind of modified version of shelter in place, but many places are still not open, restaurants are takeout only, churches are still closed, The zip code in which I live in Oakland has some of the highest rates of COVID-19 infection. We are still in the thick of a deadly pandemic. But wait, there's more. 
Now we are in the thick of global uprisings against white supremacist police violence, which manifested its ugly head on May 25th in Minneapolis with the lynching of Mr. George Floyd. May he rest in peace and power. By four police officers. The lynching by four police officers. Yes, he was lynched. Pandemic or no pandemic, the streets of the whole world are filled with righteously angry people demanding answers and demanding justice. like to share in my finished sermons or on these podcast sermons how the sausage is made, so to speak. In other words, I keep my process and everything I went through in the creation of my finished products to myself, as it should be, I think. But this week, podcast friends, I'm going to be brutally honest. I've got nothing. No fancy exegesis, I've got nothing to add to the layers and layers of analysis and intellectual dialogue that seeks to explain the festering pile of rot that is the genocide and white supremacy upon which this nation is built. I am H.O. We are here because the U.S. empire has never really been anything but a white supremacist holdout that literally fought a war against itself to try to keep black people enslaved and has for centuries written into its laws and customs the violent exclusion of every non-white person and let's face it, every non-Christian tradition. And then there's capitalism and it just screws everybody over. People ask, how can this be happening? And I answer, read the parable of the sower by Octavia Butler. She could see it coming. Adrian Marie Brown says that we are suffering from a crisis of imagination. I have to agree. Imagination is our ability to create something new out of our thoughts, out of our visions, out of our words, out of our hearts and our will and desire for change and newness and wholeness. And there is nothing creative about white supremacy. There is nothing creative about colonialism or the building up and crumbling of empires over the millennia. There is nothing creative about imperialism or the violence it takes to maintain imperial order and rule over imperial subjects. There is nothing creative about capitalism or patriarchy, all tools of empire. All of these things are based on extraction, extraction of labor and resources, extraction of human beings for forced labor, extraction of culture and language and history and stories, religion and music, extraction of the very breath from the bodies of God's children. God extracts nothing. The power of God is the power of life is the power of grass growing up through concrete, is the power of extinct species somehow reappearing, which has happened recently 
is the power of black and brown people in the U.S. surviving and being glorious, even though nearly every ounce of political and institutional will has been used to crush and dehumanize. God is the power of creation, not extraction. God is creation, and creation is alive. Today's scripture passage is from Genesis. It says, In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the day the light day and the and called the darkness night and there was evening and there was morning the first day and god said let there be a dome in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters so god made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome and it was so god called the dome sky and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And then God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place and let the dry and land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God said, and God saw that it was good and God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruits from of every kind on the earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs for, and for seasons and for days and for years and let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. And then God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures. Let the birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on earth. 
and there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind, and it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind, and God saw that it was good. And then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the cattle, and all of the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created humankind in God's image. In the image of God, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and fruit in it. No, that's not what it says. Every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast on the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw that God made, and indeed it was very good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day God finished the work that God had done, and God rested on the seventh day from all the work that God had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that God had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. The first paper I wrote in seminary was for my intro to Old Testament class, intro to OT. We had to write a paper comparing the two creation myths in Genesis, the one I just read, and the one from chapter 2 featuring Adam and Eve. I remember reading the verses of the first creation story with fresh eyes and finding absolute delight in God's careful placement of the stars in the sky. I remember imagining God standing back at the end of day three and observing what God had made, rearranging the water and the land a little, reshaping the fish and fowl a little, and finally, after much fussing, and long, loving looks at what God had made, deciding that it was good, and going to bed, and resting up for the next full day of creating. I remember being also being wholly fascinated, not wholly, H-L-O-Y, wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, wholly, fully fascinated, intrigued, and inspired, that God spoke all of creation and life into existence. The text tells us that the only thing that God did was that God 
said, and a world full of life was created. Imagine if we believed that our words were acts of creation. What words would we choose when we pray, or talk to our children or elders or enemies? The empire would prefer that we say nothing at all. That's why members of the press are being beaten by police during these current uprisings. The people in power know the power of words. The Holocaust didn't start with the camps. It started with words. So we need to speak and keep speaking life and love and accountability. We need to speak to our families, friends, and colleagues. This is how anti-racist work starts, with words. If you're new to the work and you're afraid that you will say something awkward, especially in the presence of black people and brown people, you will. It's all awkward. <clears throat> be courageous and show up and be willing to take feedback and learn. And then talk to your white friends about your feelings. But do not stop speaking into existence the dismantling of white supremacy to your white friends. Words are acts of creation. And if we can imagine it, we can do it. But how? How do we dismantle hundreds of years of horror? I'm sure that there is not just one answer, but I have for you today, what I have for you today, though, is the idea that dismantling, taking something apart piece by piece, or burning it down, as we have seen of late, can also include building something right in the middle of the mess that already exists, creating a new thing, the new world, as the theme song says, without waiting for the old one to end. The text says that out of a formless void covered with darkness, God created the heavens and the earth. God didn't wait for the darkness to dissipate into light before God started creating. What I'm trying to say is that I fully believe that the opposite of extraction, the foundation of the way of life to which we have all been indoctrinated. The opposite of that is creation. So go and create something every day. Make things with your hands. Plant a garden, cook food from scratch, make altars at home and in public, draw, dance, protest, tell your stories, listen to other people's stories, make music, sing, but not in groups until there's a vaccine, create and nurture relationships of accountability. Create and nurture relationships of accountability. And most importantly, speak uncompromisingly the language that you believe will tear capitalist white supremacy from its throne. Speak it, speak it, speak it, and then do it. I told you all I didn't have facts, fancy exegesis for you today, and I didn't. In, including the pandemic, here in Oakland we had a curfew declared at 3.30 on Monday afternoon while 15,000 youth marched from the high school to the police station. I was part of that march. And... At 7.40 p.m., the police tear-gassed 
a group of youth, and reports say that children were among that. That's what we're dealing with. That's what we're all dealing with, actually. And I think that here in the Bay Area, we're actually lucky. Because if you check out something in the transcript, the police brutality is out of control. Maybe it always has been, but now we have pictures. So I don't have fancy exegesis. What I can tell you, though, is that Anti-Police Terror Project organized a a sit-in Wednesday night. That was a a fuck-your-curfew sit-in, and 8,000 people sat in the street until about 1 in the morning, and the next day the curfew was lifted. So create something, create it, create it, speak it and create it. There's no answers to this mess. It's all going to have to crumble down. And I think it's going to be painful. But that's what we've got, friends. And we just need to keep on creating and keep on doing and keep on speaking and stay inspired and stay encouraged. It's not going to be an easy time coming. It's really not. And I'm totally off script, if you didn't notice. And I want to let you know that my call to action this week is everything I just said. Speak it and speak it and then do it. Speak it and speak it and then do it. The Pope, who, you know, I'm not Catholic, but the Pope said, you pray for the hungry and then you feed them, and that's how prayer works. The opposite of extraction is creation. So keep on speaking and keep on creating and stay inspired and stay encouraged. And then seek to inspire and encourage someone else. And if you feel free one day, then spend your time making sure someone else feels free. And while you're at it, donate to some bail funds. And I'll put some links in the transcript. I want to thank you all so much for joining me from wherever you are today in this world. I hope you're safe. I hope you're well. I hope you're prayed up. And I hope that you have folks around you that you can love and feel loved by. And I want you to let us know how your action goes. Please go and do an action right now. Something. Do something. Even if it's just like a solidarity thing where you take a picture of yourself out in front of your house when there's an action going on and you can't go out because you're immune compromised or some other reason. You can't go out to the action and you take a picture and hold up a sign that that was a solidarity action when there was the big sit-in the other day. So much we can do in so many ways to serve. Tune in and find your way. We'd love to hear from you all. Please comment on our SoundCloud or Twitter page or Facebook. And next week, we will hear from Seth Whispelway, who will bring us a resistance word. You can find out more about Surge Faith at showingupforracialjustice.org. And our podcast lives at SoundCloud. Search on the word is resistance. Give us a like, please, or rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever 
you get your podcasts. Transcripts are available on our website, which include references, resources, and action links. And finally, a huge thanks, as always, to our most fantastic sound editor, Maxwell Pearl. Thank you so much, Max. Blessings to you in all you do. Remember that your words are acts of creation, so speak it and then do it. Love and liberation to you all. Until next time, I'm Jean Jeffress. <laughs>